This lecture is brought to you by Knox Theological Seminary on iTunes U. Knox is a seminary in the tradition of the Reformation that exists to educate men and women to declare and demonstrate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that this teaching will be beneficial in your Christian life and ministry. I've got five sisters. And four of them are reasonably okay, especially if you get them on their own. You know, they're all right. Get, we get along quite well. But there's one who is not okay even when she's on her own. In fact, she's probably worse. Don't ask me why, but it just is the case. And the last time I saw her was at the wedding of one of my other sisters. And, and we all went, we all gathered family. I went. And this sister turned up. And she's one of these people, I don't know where, is it, I, I'm not sure, vegetarian, vegan, something like that, you know. Basically the sort of person that, as far as I'm concerned, is just a pain in the neck. Um, but my mother uh, had prepared a special meal for her because she knew that she was this kind of person. And she'd got all, you know, done it all specially and sort of, and my sister arrives and she gives her this meal and so on. And, and of course, my mother's quite concerned, you see, because my sister's so fussy that uh, she's quite concerned about whether this is, is okay, you know. I mean, when you don't do this as a normal way of life. And so my sister's eating this, and my mother says, is it all right? And my sister looked at her and said, well, I've tasted better. She said that to my mother in front of me. I know, and I looked at her. I looked at my sister, and I said, how can you talk to your mother like that? You know, I said, you have come here. I said, this is her house. She has gone out of her way to prepare this meal for you. I said, you know, you are fussy. You, you won't eat normal food. You, you have to have this. You have to have that. You have to have something else. You're very demanding. I said, she goes out of her way to do this for you. And, and all you can say is, well, I've tasted better. You know, you're not grateful for what you're being given and for the consideration which has gone in to pre preparing. I was furious. But then what really surprised me, I mean, I really was surprised after all this was over. My mother was not grateful for my response. Well, I mean, she understood why I reacted. But she said to me, she said, you know, she said, oh, don't be like that. She said, you know, she said, your sister's like that, you know. She said, we just learned to live with it. And I looked at my mother and I said, you mean to say you're going to tolerate that thing in your house? You know, and mother said, well, she's my daughter. And I thought, oh, some children only a mother can love. You know, this is my sister and I couldn't wait to get rid of her as an embarrassment, uh, you, you know, and so on. But my mother was very forgiving you know, and, 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 and accepting of this, and didn't feel, well, was, I mean, genuinely, she didn't feel hurt or 
uh, or offended or anything like that from my you know she somehow she 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 accepted the way my sister behaved and i found this very very hard to take but as i reflected out it afterwards i i i still don't accept it i mean in one way of course terrible but I thought, this is the way we are with God. You know, we are not grateful to God for what God has done for us. But God doesn't let that bother him. At least, not like that. Not to the point of saying, get out of here. You know, I mean, God loves us even though we don't love him. And the love that we have for him is a love which is given to us. You see, we don't love God naturally out of our own resources. We love God because he has enabled us to love God. This is what grace is. This is what salvation is a gift from God that isn't natural to us, that isn't something that comes out of us. And one of the things that I learn in life, I'm learning in life, I share with it, I mean, it's, I'm a slow learner, but I am learning slowly, is that there's a huge difference between what I think in my heart and what God does for me outwardly in my life. And I see this especially in something like, um, you know, if I'm in the supermarket or something like this. And there's somebody who is blocking my, the way or, or, you know, causing a problem or, or something. Somehow or other, I always get behind those people, you know. And, uh, or I'm in the airport sort of lining up for tickets. I'm always behind the person who's got the wrong ticket going to the wrong place or has something wrong. And, and mentally, I'm thinking to myself, Lord, can't you just stoop down and remove this person from the planet, you know? Do we really need this? Uh, <laughs> and I have, I have just very negative feelings in my heart about these people. I'm not, I don't discriminate. I mean, I don't care who they are. Um, if, if they're a pain, they're a pain, and I, whether they're black or white or male or female or young or old, this is not of interest to me. I don't want any of them. So I just say, you know, get, a, get out of here, get them out of here, in my heart. But then, you see, it sometimes happens, especially in an airport, that somebody in front of me will drop something or some of like that, and I reach down and I pick it up and I give it to them and I say, there you are. I said, you know, please, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And I'm quite polite to them. And I stand back and I think, why am I polite to these people when I hate their guts? You know, wish they weren't here. 
And then I think to myself, well, this is God at work in my life, you know, because God is, 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 he knows what I'm like. He knows what I think. He overrules this in my behavior. You know, I don't actually behave in a way that corresponds to what I think, because if I did, you know, I'd join the NRA and just shoot the lot of them. Um, but, uh, you know, no, it, it, it's, it's not this. But then he convicts me after showing me, you know, that I behave in a different way from what I think. Then he makes me feel guilty for thinking what I think. <laughs> you see what I mean? It, he sort of puts it back on me and says, you see, this is what you should be thinking. <laughs> because this is what I think about you, even though you don't think this about me. <laughs> and, and it's a tremendous lesson. You know, and I'm just so grateful to, uh, to, to God for showing me this, for showing that deeply sinful and, and cut off from him, though I am in myself. And as I get older, the more I realize just how deeply sinful I really am. I, you know, you don't become less sinful when you get older, you become more aware. You don't become more sinful, but you become more aware of just how sinful you really are. But in this, no, but in this, you see how the grace of God overrules. You know, and I mean, it is just astonishing because I sometimes walk away and I think, how on earth, you know, did I, did I get away with that? And how did I think like that? That's not what, that's not me, you know. Or, or somebody will turn to me and say, oh, you're such a kind person. And I thought, no, I'm not. <laughs> Whatever made you think that? <laughs> you know, and I realized that this isn't God, this isn't me. Um, uh, you know, this is, this is God's grace working. And this is what I think as Christians we find that, um, because it's, it's not just that he's papering over the surface, papering over the cracks, but he's doing this in order to, to condemn us so that we do not rely on our own strength and our own uh, power. We don't pat ourselves on the back and say, oh, well, I really succeeded in that, thank goodness. You know, it's not this. It's so that we learn to depend even more on his grace because I know that if I go out the front door in the morning not protected by the grace of God there is no telling what disasters will, will, will ensue. You know, that I cannot move anywhere in my own strength. And, and this is what salvation is. Not, realizing that it's participating in the life of God and as the Apostle Paul puts it, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ in me, the hope of glory. The life I live in the flesh, I live uh, by the grace of God. You know, it's not me anymore, but him. Because the minute I look at myself, I see something totally different. You see, I see someone who doesn't deserve to live. And 
I don't say this out of self-hate. Not a question of self-hate. It's just a question of being realistic. You know, that I don't deserve to live. God knows I don't deserve to live. And this is why he puts me to death. I am crucified with Christ. So that the life that I live, I live in him. You know, uh, and this is only possible, this can only happen because of his love. If that love were not there, if that love were not fully worked out in the relationship between the Father and the Son, so that the Son's sacrifice on my behalf, the Son's payment of sin, for sin, my sin, uh, was not pleasing to the Father. You know, if this is not what the Father wanted, if the son had run away and done this and then, you know, gone back and been punished by his father for not doing what he was told, uh, you know, if this was the kind of thing that w was going on within the Trinity, my situation would be impossible. It would be, to it would be desperate. There would be no salvation. You know, my salvation is directly dependent on the love and the obedience of the Son to the Father, the love and the uh, affirmation of the Father for the Son. You know, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. I thank goodness for that, because if he weren't well pleased in the Son, there's no way he was going to be well pleased in me. Yeah, you see, because my acceptance in, in heaven is directly dependent on his acceptance. <laughs> I mean, because I am united with him uh, in that relationship, and it is undeserved. See, this is the structure. This is the, uh, the, 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 the way in which we must look. Now, when we take it like this, when we see this, let's come back to questions like providence, predestination, election, and so on. We know that we are safe in the hands of God because of his love. God did not send his son into the world in order to waste his time. God did not send his son into the world in order to fail in the task that he had sent the son to do. Whatever you think of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, it was, in the end, a successful mission. Successful because it was accepted by God, as, by the Father, as the thing that was needed, is needed, for our salvation. The mission has been accomplished. Therefore, we know that Everyone who is united to Christ, everyone who, in whom the Holy Spirit is working, is part of that plan of God, part of that assurance that God gives us, that we are loved. That Romans 8, verses 38 and 39, when Apostle Paul says, I am persuaded that there is nothing in heaven and earth that can separate us from the love of God. That's where we are. 
That's where we belong. And in this context, I can say this is how I have been predestined. Because predestined, the word predestined, contains within it the, the, the concept of destiny. And destiny is not where I've come from. Destiny is where I am going. And so wherever I have come from, I know where, where I'm going. And I am going into a deeper knowledge experience and above all union with Christ. So I can talk about predestination quite freely in that sense. Providence, well, again, Romans 8, 38, 39, I am persuaded that there is no power in heaven or on earth which can separate me from the love of God. Why not? Because God is in control. This is divine providence. Now, if I go beyond this and start trying to, to be, make an abstract picture of how God rules the universe, then I go beyond the sphere of my understanding and my competence. That I cannot know and I cannot understand. When Jesus ascended into heaven in John chapter 21, Peter and John were both with him. And Jesus said to Peter that he would be crucified at the end of his life. And Peter looked at Jesus and said, well, what about John? And what about him? And Jesus said, don't mind about him. He said, if it's my will that he should stay on earth until I come again, that's my business. You know, he belongs to me. You just do what you what is right for you. You know, you, you, you follow the path that I have laid out for you, and he will do the same, and don't worry about it. Does this mean to say that was Jesus telling Peter, I haven't got a plan for John? No. Was he saying that I don't know what's going to happen to John? No. He was just saying, mind your own business. Something which for Christians is extremely hard to do. You know. I mean, how much better our churches would be if people only minded their own business. Especially not their pastor's business. I mean, the number of people in the church who think that the pastor somehow, you know, is subject to their to their approval or disapproval, and don't mind letting him know about this, um, <laughs> is frightening. But anyhow, I think we can solve a lot of problems. Like we'll never know all the answer to everything, but what we need is the assurance that God is in control and God knows what He's doing. And the sense that this we can see this working out in our own life. You know, sometimes only in hindsight you look back and you say, well, how did God bring me to this place? Well, he did. And the Apostle Paul said this in Galatians. You know, how on earth did God make him an apostle to the Gentiles? Well, you know, Paul says, he who formed me in my mother's womb and who guided me from the beginning. And, I thought, and you think, well, this guy was a persecutor of the church, and yet he's saying that God chosen from the beginning and prepared him and everything else. Yes, because he could look back in his own life and see what how God's hand was in it. You know, how God had guided him to this particular place. He couldn't have predicted it, but he, but looking back he could see it. And because we see this in our own life, in our own experience, we know that it's true generally. 
even when we can't ex we can't live somebody else's life. I mean, I look around this room. I don't have any idea what God is going to do with any of you ever. I mean, how would I know? But I would expect you to know, or you know, you to find out that what what, what God is going to do for you. I mean, that's your relationship with Him. And then you can share it with me if you wish. That's fine. But it's not up to me to work it all out in my head as to how God is going to work in, in your life. I mean, I only all I can do is say, well, get closer to Him and and let Him show you, you know, um, and in a sense concentrate on that. And then what you don't understand in other people, you will at least learn to live with. You know, you may not understand it, you may never understand it. But you see it in your own life, you see it in your own experience, and you know that the God who is at work in you is at work in others and, and in control of the universe. And this is what keeps me going as a Christian. You see, this is what I say um, uh, in my life. I said, I don't, I don't know what the big picture is. I can't see for everything and everybody. But I trust that if I, you know, follow him, he will be faithful to me and work out what he needs to do in my life. And I don't have to worry any more than that. All right? Uh, on the day of judgment, I'll find out. Uh, all things will be made clear. And then the mysteries, the things that I don't understand now, I will understand then. These courses provide a glimpse into our academic programs. Knox students can take one-week or semester-length courses in person at our South Florida campus or choose to complete a degree entirely online. By bringing together academic excellence, a vibrant community of learning, and flexible scheduling, Knox offers today's students timeless truth through modern convenience. For more information about earning credit toward a master's degree, please visit our website at knoxseminary.edu.